Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Jeff Phillips, owner of Grand Rapids City Gym in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing great, man. Excited to have you on. Can't wait to hear all about the facility. So tell us all about uh, you and how you run Grand Rapids City Gym, what you're all about. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on. And um, yeah, so basically I own Grand Rapids City Gym. Um, we're basically just kind of like a locally owned, kind of old school kind of gym. Um, there's a few other gyms in town, but um, ours has kind of got like the old school vibe. We're an old industrial building. Um, that's why I kind of called it Grand Rapids City Gym. Uh, but yeah, we have about a thousand members in our gym. Um, we're 24 hour access gym. And uh, we just wanted to have basically all the equipment they need, squat racks, barbells, dumbbells, all the basic stuff. Um, we offer some group fitness stuff a little bit here and there, but uh, our primary focus is just a 24 hour um, full access facility. So. Okay, that's, that's a great summary. And uh, let's dive into it a little bit more. I want to get a little bit into to your story, we talked a little bit off offline, um, how you came to be the owner of it. I know you've been in fitness for a little while in the health and wellness community. Um, you found yourself in the Grand Rapids area and then one thing led to another and now you own a gym. How did that happen? Yeah, so basically uh, my, my roots in fitness really come from you know sports, so football primarily. Um, so started with that, um, went to college for you know exercise physiology, that kind of stuff. Never really was a business guy. Um, so this is kind of an unexpected turn, really, um, how it came to be. But um, did all that, did personal training, did the strength and conditioning stuff um, for quite a while. I traveled around a little bit, too, for my wife's work. Um, she's an OBGYN, so we had to do the whole medical school route and all that kind of stuff. So that was a little bit um, – I had to kind of move around based on her stuff quite a bit, um, just, you know, to, unless we wanted to, like, separate and do different regions kind of thing, something like that. But um, did personal training wherever I went, stayed on that track. Um, but – Moved to Grand Rapids in 2018, uh, towards the end of the year there. And then um, I ended up looking for gyms for myself. You know, first thing whenever I move somewhere is, all right, where am I going to work out at? You know, kind of like all the rest of those gym rights. But um, moved in, uh, tried some of the gyms out, but um, not to talk negative about any of the gyms in town, but none of the gyms that I tried out were really great fit for me. And I was like, well, hmm, I don't know, tried a few. Um, came across this gym when it was its former, um, under the former ownership. But it was kind of on the tail end of its uh, its lease, and the former owner was looking to just kind of end it and be done with it and walk away from it. Um, and that's a whole, you know, whatever. I don't know all the details on that. But basically, the gym was about to close down, and um, I came in, joined it in that time. And uh, basically, I asked if I could bring in some equipment, just kind of like donate to the gym, some things that I had been wanting to use for a while. And there's just one of the couple of things that was missing. Um, so I asked the girl who was managing it at the time, and I said, hey, uh, do you think it'd be okay if I brought in, it was a glute ham developer actually, specifically. So, uh, great piece of equipment. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's kind of funny. So, um, and that was actually one of the first things I got for the gym after taking it over, which was kind of funny. So I got it right in the front. It's, <laughs> kind of, it's a little sentimental thing, but anyways, yeah. So I asked if I could bring that in and she said, well, actually, um, you can talk to the owner, but I don't know if it's going to really get you anywhere because it's going to be closing down soon. And um, she said, but why are you interested or something? And I was like, uh, actually, well, it wasn't 10 seconds ago, but now you say that maybe, I don't know. We'll see. So went home, talked to my wife about it a little bit. And she's like, you know, that should be kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe, you know, think about it. Talk to the, um, 
the landlord of the space and all that and did all that um and then kind of like your story similar i uh a few months later i was just actually not even a few months it was like the next month i think i was signing the lease to get on there and taking the place over so yeah it's one of those things where i felt like i couldn't really pass up the opportunity and it was it was a really cool space and i remember thinking that when i was working out there myself like man this place has a lot of potential um so pretty exciting pretty cool and the opportunity came up and i just could not resist it so and you said uh you're in the basement of, some, of like an older industrial building or or something along those lines in town yeah so in grand rapids there's a lot of old industrial buildings and what they do is like developers will take them over and then you know, create some commercial space on the, the lower levels and usually like some apartments or condos and stuff uh, above. And that's basically what this is. So if you look at this building from the outside, it's kind of this big old brick building. Um, but uh, yeah, we're down in the basement. So uh, it's kind of a cool spot. Like you can kind of see behind me, I got the brick, you know, it's kind of the old Chicago brick. And, um, yeah, and I was going to say, places like that have a lot of character. So when you said, you know, that you, you walked in and you kind of felt like this is a really cool space, like there's something that you connected with other than it just being like a, an LA fitness or 24 hour fitness, something like that, which, which are nice in their, you know, fancy elegance, all that stuff. But there's a difference. If you feel like the character speaks to you, there's yeah. like an instant connection. Right. And that probably, I guess the city of Grand Rapids too, probably there's a lot of that. Like there's probably more of a connection with that, the kind of blue collar aspect that map, kind of the roots of the city. So I'm sure that resonates with a lot of other people too. Oh yeah, definitely. And that was one of the things that I saw when I was even considering taking this over was like, well, I'm feeling this need in this pull for like a gym kind of like this with this style. Um, where it, Cause you know, like there's, there's the clean, you know, like the real clean, fancy looking gyms that are the bigger you know, like corporate style looking gyms. And then there's like the locally owned ones that are a little more like dungeony, a little more gritty, um, I do work to keep it clean here, obviously, but you know, it's yeah. got that feel to it. Older, older school equipment, some of that, um, just barbells, you know, plates, all that stuff. I got some, you know, the metal plates and everything still, but, um, yeah, so I was looking for that myself and the gym that it was prior to me getting here was kind of close, closest to that. But now that, I've been, now that I've been able to take it over, um, that's more the direction I've been taking it. And yeah, so. All right. So you were talking about the building that you're in. And this is always interesting, like different types of real estate and stuff. So is the building that you're in also like other types of retail, offices, apartments, all of the above? Yep. So yeah, there's like, uh, there's some other commercial space. There's like a, um, it's kind of a weird shaped building, but like on the other side of the building, it's like a, it's kind of like shaped like an H almost with like a courtyards in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, and, well, at least the retail space. Um, but uh, yeah, there's like a salon on the other side of the building. There's a restaurant in the center of the building. Um, and there's just, you know, like a marketing company, uh, there's a law firm right above us. So there's a bunch of different stuff chopped up in here. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, really. I was going to say that also probably lends itself to a lot of being very convenient for a lot of people, whether it's before work, lunch hour, after work, whatever it is, you kind of have a built-in audience there to a, to some degree, at least. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're, I mean, we're right downtown. So it's, you got the whole, you know, downtown thing going for it too, but yeah. Can't beat a good location. So, so that, that that kind of brings us up to you know you purchasing it, and um, then then you realize you got a lot of work to do, right? Membership needs to grow. There's probably things that you want to do in the gym. So, what did you get to work on right away? What were the big things that you you've improved in the time that you've been there? Oh man, yeah, there's a lot. So I mean, it's kind of funny. A lot of things just flashed in my head when you said that. Um, yeah, I think the first thing was 
I really just wanted to improve and make sure it had all the equipment, all the right equipment in here. So um, yeah, we had some barbells and stuff like that, but I wanted to make sure we had good squat racks, good bench presses, good good places to do like rows or whatever, and some back machines, just all the basic compound stuff. Um, good platform for you know Olympic lifting or deadlifting and everything. Um, my first priority is really just to bring in equipment, make sure I had all the right stuff down here. Um, and that, you know, kind of selfishly, I want to have a lot of stuff down here too for myself so I can use it. You know? But uh, yeah, so um, that was the first thing really. Uh, and since it was a gym prior to me taking it over, it had a fair amount of that stuff, but some of it was just kind of not great equipment. Um, so, you know, the financial side of it, um, those are my first like goals. But really though, um, I think one of the, and actually, so I got the, the former owner got out of his lease a little bit early. I took it over in January so I could do it kind of at the start of the year. He still had like several months on there. And I was like, well, I just want to get in there as soon as possible. And he was happy to get out of it too, because um, I think it was costing him a bit of money uh, as well too. And that was um, what I quickly realized when I started playing with the finances and looking at stuff like, oh man, this is expensive. So I wasn't expecting as much um, of initial investment into the gym just to get it up and paying its own bills. Um, but that was really what I ended up having faced right away. And that was like, I think the kind of like the digging it out feeling I had to get it to where it was actually, um, you know, cause every month it was like, Oh man, we're shy a little bit. And I was like, Oh, to, to my wife, like, okay, well, uh, they're going to have to chip a little more into this one or else I can't do this. And I'd be like, Oh, can I buy this is, you know, just different equipment and stuff like that. So, um, the first year was a little stressful for that stuff, but those were some of the initial changes, just get it to where the gym can kind of start to pay for itself. And that was, that's what became my ultimate goal for that first year was when can I get the gym to not cost me each month to run? Um, and then, um, cause it's not like I just was like, I'm going to throw a big lump sum of money at this. And then, um, you know, right. To, right. You, you weren't trying, you weren't trying to, uh, make the gym an additional uh, dependent of your household. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was thinking, I'm like, Oh man. So yeah. So that was kind of like the, start of it but just make the basic things like cleanliness of the gym uh i mean yeah making sure everything was all in you workable um there's no broken equipment that kind of stuff and um so that's what we did really right so you came in you made sure the foundation was solid and then where was membership when you took over because i know that i know it's it's getting healthy pretty healthy now and I know that we had a pandemic in the in-between, but where did you start off with as far as membership when you took over? Uh, just a couple hundred. I think it was like around like 300 or something like that. It was, it was actually kind of low. I mean, and the thing was too, the, um, <clears throat> the software system they were using had a bunch of stuff on there and there was some membership. <laughs> we called it kind of jokingly like the hot girl discount. Somebody was on there like giving some people like really, really weird discount of memberships. And we're like, what the heck are all these? So there was a lot of weird, you know, memberships that weren't actually like real memberships or they were like, not full price memberships. And I had to do a huge uh, purge of memberships that were just, you know, not correct information stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. So you get your foundation laid, you get, you get the gym in order, you start growing the business and then I hate to talk about it, but everybody wants to hear about it. So what happened? What did the, what did the pandemic lockdowns restriction, what did that look like for you there in Grand Rapids? So yeah, basically, um, yeah, actually, yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of a crazy time, honestly. I mean, uh, yeah, I feel like every business, it, it's a different story with that too, um, yeah. depending on a lot of things. Um, we had been, you know, pretty much steadily progressing. I liked the path we were on. Everything was looking great. 2020 had just started and it was like, I think early March when that happened. So, and I was actually getting really excited. It was like that month 
kind of coincidentally, we were about to like hit like this, this number where I, I wanted to reach. And I was like, all right, cool. I felt good about it. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And initially I remember there was, they were just going to, they told us we had to close everything down for two weeks. Um, and I was kind of, you know, I remember like, okay, hey, good. No, no, I'm just agreeing with, yeah, two weeks in yeah. quotes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so basically what happened was like, ah, and I was kind of like, can they even do that? Like, can they make us shut down for two weeks? And I was, you know, putting up a stink and like, so we had a law firm right above us. So and some of the, the lawyers up there are members as well too. And uh, one of the trainers was like, Jeff, don't be dumb here. You gotta, you gotta just follow the rules here. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if they can even do this like legally, you know, whatever. So I was kind of being stubborn about it. So she went and got <laughs> her client. who was one of the lawyers. He came out. He's like, Jeff, don't be dumb here. You know, you can't, you know, and I was already, I don't know why I was already being rebellious about this whole thing, but I was like, man, that's crazy. Cause you know, you gotta work out. So yeah. um, Granted, we're talking gym people talking about not being able to work out, but <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. So so, anyways, yeah. Um, so I did end up. They talked me into closing it down. I was like, well, two weeks. That's not too bad. So what I did though is I ended up like taking down one of our squat racks, and there's some outside space. I put the squat racks outside. I was like, well, we can just do it outside for a couple of weeks, whatever. At least the squat rack, you can do a lot of stuff in there. And I had like a set time where we basically just went outside, sat out there, and um, just babysat the squat rack and. Anybody who's a member, we just put a big message out and said, come, come use the rack and barbells or whatever you need to use, bring some dumbbells. If you need something out of the gym, we'll go get it for you. Um, but then everything intensified and, you know, they had the whole, it was going to be another couple of weeks and they kept adding weeks on, adding weeks on. Um, and then eventually it got to the point where they were like, well, everything's just shut down indefinitely. And, um, and actually in Michigan, so, uh, there was, I don't know if, you know, every state had its own rules and stuff on this, I guess, to a, to some extent. Um, I think I ended up, and I'm not super political about the whole thing. I was just like, ultimately, you know, they were saying like essential stuff only. And I'm like, well, working out is pretty essential to a lot of people. It may not be to everybody, you know, in the political realm and everything, but you know, it is to us. So, um, and I knew I could probably get in a little bit of trouble for this, but, um, I ended up kind of doing like a little low key, like, let's test it out. Let's just tell some of our friends and stuff that we know. And like people we trust real closely and kind of start to start spreading the word. Like, Hey, if you remember, you know, you guys can start like kind of fight club. Yeah, pretty much. So, and like I said, too, we're in the basement of a building, which really worked to our advantage here. And uh, the way our doors lock, there's two locks on the door. So there, or there's two doors that have to come through to get in. Um, and all I did was kind of close all the windows and all that kind of stuff and keep it low key. Um, but uh, um, cover everything up, kind of hid down here. And uh, there was a lot of residential in the building as well, too. So some of them were a little you know, they kind of sniffed out what we were doing. They were kind of snooping. Like I felt everyone in that building that didn't want us to be doing that or was worried even. And I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to just step on everybody who was living there and, you know, be potentially risking them getting the virus and all that kind of stuff too. So I was actually pretty careful to make sure that like, if anybody came into the building, like, okay, come in only this way, make sure you're not going to like, don't go through the building. Don't potentially, you know, bring the virus to this building other than anybody who's just willing to take the risk down here in the gym, you know, we're kind of becoming our own little, you know, whatever, but they, but they did, uh, for the, um, you know, for going out and going to the stores and things like that, they let people go to the store in groups, you know, like your own little family cohort kind of thing. Um, and then the gym basically kind of just became like its own little cohort and everybody was actually, it was, it was actually pretty cool to see everybody in the gym was so protective of the gym. If they even thought they had it, you know, we wouldn't hear from them. They'd shoot me a message like, Hey, I might be sick. Just letting you know. A lot of times they you know, did go get the test and be negative, but everybody was so cautious to not bring the virus into the gym, which was really, really cool to see. Um, so it was like a big teamwork effort, really, to make sure that 
we didn't get uh, a big outbreak that would like blow us up and get us in trouble or anything like that. Um, but we ended up just kind of running it underground and a lot of people from all over, like there was people coming driving, I think 45 minutes to an hour to just to come work out. Um, and it was 100% word of mouth. We did not advertise. Uh, we had like a little code words. People were on the phone. Like if they called me and said the code word, uh, they could, uh, then I would know that like, okay, somebody told them about the gym and we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, somebody snitching on us or something like that. But, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was kind of interesting, but yeah, so people were coming from quite a ways. Um, and I felt like we were like a little safety hub for people who did need to get their workouts in. Um, but yeah, I mean, initially back to the question, sorry, no, it's okay. earlier, but, um, we're all about the stories, man. Yeah. And it was really cool. We actually, I think we had like, we had a couple hundred people come and join the gym during the time. And, uh, um, I mean, a lot of people didn't even know about the gym. So if anything, we were kind of joking around we're like, dang, I guess COVID, if anything, helped us some because it helped put us on the map. And I think the fact that it was a gym prior to me taking it, a lot of people had been down here before. They kind of wrote off the spaces like, oh, that's that little gym downtown and whatever. And like, you know, the fact that I took it over wasn't like announced to the world. So, you know, when people right, right. were like, oh, wait, that's something different now. Okay. And they came, checked it out during the, the pandemic. They're like, whoa, it's a different gym. And a lot of those people actually stuck and stayed at the gym and um, are still members here now. Um, and uh yeah so that's that's kind of if anything i would say it almost kind of grew us a little bit um it put us on the map more people knew about us from it um just from being this like word of mouth underground kind of thing um but yeah i mean financially though it was definitely scary because we you know i think that that's another question like it was interesting to see what gyms did at this time to you know for their members like because it's like do, do they keep paying or not or do you keep charging your people and people are getting upset with uh there's a ymca in town too and like i guess um it was kind of a tricky thing, you know, like, yeah. do you keep charging people? Do you want to, when it's just two weeks, people are like, oh yeah, whatever. That's just two weeks, whatever. I'm out two weeks. But then when it was going longer and longer, they're like, you know, we had, I started having people being like, Hey, I need to cancel this. It's, it's I don't know if this is going to go on for how long or whatever. And, um, I started seeing like, dang, we're starting to like lose a lot of people on this. So I sent an email out. I was like, Hey, uh, you know, basically, um, if you can keep paying your membership, that's great. It helps us. You know, obviously this is kind of a crazy time and you know, we still got a pair of bills, but, if you can't, no worries. We understand. And uh, if you need a refund for anything, I said, we're just going to keep charging everybody as, as it is. But if you need a refund on anything or you, you know, you didn't get this email or whatever, you know, we'll just refund it. So I had a few people that were like, Hey, yeah, I need to be refunded. I just lost my job, that kind of thing. So we did. And we took a big financial hit too. Um, as the gym, obviously we had a lot of people that did end up freezing their memberships. Um, but ultimately, yeah, we had a lot of members who just wanted to support the gym and were like, well, I want you guys to be here after this is done. So I was extremely grateful to my members for that because I mean, it, it really is like, we have, we haven't really done any marketing and it was a lot of, it was word of mouth anyways, from, from the get go. So I think that builds a pretty strong community. Um, and I'm lucky community we have, cause they really did carry us through the whole pandemic and, uh, keep us alive during it. And it was kind of sad to see a lot of other like smaller niche gyms and stuff didn't make it cause they just couldn't do it or, you know, the more appointment based stuff. And, but, uh, and, I, and actually that was another interesting thing that happened too. I started seeing like trainers were like really struggling as well. It's like, man, what are they going to do? Um, so I started just bringing in trainers and letting people kind of just do like temporary um, training out of the gym too. Um, which I think everybody in the whole fitness industry was kind of like desperate to get in and do their stuff. So um, I was, it started out at first, like I felt like I was just kind of like um, doing it so we could survive as a gym, you know, kind mm -hmm. of almost like 
it, almost for like selfish reasons, you know, it's not, not, you know, gym surviving still helps everybody out and everything, but still like, I was like, I don't want my gym to fail. Like I got to stay open to make sure we don't. Um, but then uh, after a little while, I started hearing stories and all these other things. And I was getting calls from the city and the police did come and kind of like, be like, Hey, what are you guys doing down here? You know? And uh, that, that was kind of a whole story of its own. We had like a quick evac, everyone out the back door and it was a little stressful. And, you know, I was like, yeah, of course we weren't doing anything down here, you know? And, but anyways, uh, after all that, like that kind of pressured me to like, okay, I better like, you know, I figure this out because, you know, um, we're on the radar. They know what we're doing out here. I think they have, they're suspecting we're up to something. Um, kind of scared me a little bit, but the other trainers and all the people and all the people that were coming to the gym, like looking for this place kind of made me feel like I needed to like stand up for the, the fitness a little bit. And, um, I don't know, it made it like a greater thing and it kind of kept me, kept me going. It kept me motivated to not like close the gym down or something like that. And if I was ever kind of like doubting, like, Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble here. Um, and then actually in Michigan, the other thing that was interesting that happened that really emboldened me to like stay open and keep doing it was there was a barber. I think he's an older gentleman. I think he was like in his like 70s or something like that. And he'd been doing it forever. And he basically just said, ah, screw it. I'm just going to do this anyways. You know, otherwise I'm not going to make money. And um, he's like, whatever. I'm, so I don't know the whole story on that, but that was basically the, the thing. He's doing that. He ended up getting shut down. And the big threat was that the state would take away your business license. So I was really worried about that. I mean, that's a big problem. Yeah, you know, for sure. They take your license away. So um, after they took his business license away, you know, people, you know, I think, I guess people were supporting him and stuff like that. And he ended up like it became a federal thing and the, the federal courts overrode that. So they said it was unconstitutional to do that. So then he was back up doing his thing again. And it was kind of like, that was an inspirational thing. So that guy really, I really give my credit to that guy too, to be like, okay, well they can't really take our business license away like legally. So that emboldened me a bit too, to see that kind of go through like it did. Um, but yeah. And I mean, we got a lot of, we got a lot of uh, pushback, I think from, you know, people in the building, um, my landlord too, he was, he was pretty adamant about telling me like, Hey, you can't be doing that down there. And, you know, I, I felt like I was almost like a bad guy, you know, a little bit, but also it's kind of a weird time, but we survived it. Bottom line, I guess here we are still, but. Right. You're still here. So that's, that's super cool story. I mean, everybody handled it a little bit differently and I think it, when it comes down to, when all this shakes out, the reality is going to be, everybody did their best. Everybody, yeah. you know, tried to, you know, figure out how to not go out of business, but also not put people in jeopardy. So um, I think, I think that's what it's going to come down to. For the most part, I think people's intentions were good. So, so you get through the other side of that thing. And uh, I know you said up to that point, you hadn't really done any marketing. Have you done any since, since the reopening? Are you still just, just rocking and rolling on like word of mouth referrals, things like that? Oh uh, yeah. Still word of mouth and referrals basically. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really have any interest in doing like, large outscale marketing too, because, um, well, first of all, then I can focus all of our budget on just making the gym a better place. And I've, mm -hmm. I, my philosophy too is on this whole thing. Like if, the, if I can make the gym as good as it's going to be, it is going to market itself. People are going to be wanting to talk about it. And like I said too, um, just in the job, describing the gym in the first place, it's kind of a unique spot. Um, just because the building it's in. And then also like, I think it's uniqueness is also kind of an appeal as well. So, um, and I was looking for, basically this gym and it didn't exist when I got into town. So I figured I can't be the only one. And then a lot of people kind of were like, Oh man, this is kind of what I was looking for. And that was, um, you know, and I'd been to other locally owned, uh, locally owned gyms. And, uh, there's actually a guy up in Petoskey, Michigan. Uh, his name's Mark D. He, uh, he owns a gym called, uh, center city gym. 
and it's a smaller local owned gym, but I always loved working out there because he put his heart and soul into that gym. And you could tell all the equipment he had in there was hand, hand selected, like everything in there was in there for a reason kind of thing. And that was always, that was what kind of like my dream was to have for this place is every single piece of equipment that you want to have, like it has everything, you know? So um, that he was a big kind of inspirational guy for me to do this as well too. Um, and that's what I was looking for. And I figured Grand, I was hoping Grand Rapids would have a gym like that. Like somebody's going to, you know, have something like that. And I was kind of, I mean, and there's, there's some good gyms here too, you know, within my little bubble of, you know, radius or whatever, where I lived, I was like, well, there really isn't something like that. So I just kind of was like, well, I guess we got to create that then. So, yeah. so, so still, still doing a lot of organic, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of referrals. <laughs> Um, are you, are you still growing at the same rate? Are you growing as fast as you'd like to? Are you looking at other organic ways that you can, you can bring more of the right kind of people? And what does that look like for you? Yeah. So in terms of growth, yeah, we're still growing. Uh, I mean, I would say like at a great rate, we're not growing too fast where we're like overwhelmed or anything like that, but we're still growing, um, pretty much I mean, every day. It was, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, we always have a few people trying it every day and we kind of have the ebb and flow too. Yeah. Like we have people moving and fortunately most of the time anybody cancels the gym membership, like they're moving and, um, or things like that. But, um, yeah, so we have people coming and going a little bit, moving into town, moving out of town. So some people are just, some of it is just the cycle of people coming and going, but, um, yeah, we don't really do any outward marketing and it is growing still. So I think maybe once, maybe if we ever plateau, we'll look to do some more kind of stuff or, you know, that, but, um, I'm still just sticking to my main focus of keeping the foundation strong here and just, I'm still getting new equipment, still trying to get everything improved as much as I can. Um, but I think it's a balance between, it's always a balance with like the, the finances too. So for me to keep improving the, the, um, the foundation of the gym, you know, we got to have more income so I can get more equipment and things like that. So the more people that come, so the more people we have, I can get the stuff, but, um, I guess my only, right. You're it's gradually increasing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you have a good steady inflow of people. Besides your general access kind of self-service, you also do have quite a bit of personal training going on in the gym, right? Yep. So one of the things that we come across the most, probably the the bane of the industry as far as you know, gyms like yours is how do we get people who come in to try personal training to to really do something that's going to give them more value, get better results, maybe faster results than they might get on their own. We know training is good. What do you do to get people to try personal training to do it? And, and how do you track that? What's your, uh, you know, uh, I guess the industry standard is like take rate for personal training. Do you have a free intro session? What does that process look like? Yeah, now you're gonna reveal that I'm a terrible businessman. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, so basically, um, yeah, I did all the personal training and stuff in house, and it was like, but I never really wanted to have it where the trainers had to like wear the Grand Rapids City Gym hat and kind of like describe to our philosophies or whatever. Um, I wanted trainers to have a little more liberty. So if somebody was like their own branded thing, I, I would never do like a non compete. I want trainers to be able to like do what they have to do to get their stuff done. Because um, being a trainer is kind of hard. You got to like market and everything. And I think with social media, it's kind of changing a bit. So. Um, for personal training, I've actually kind of done it more like um, other people come in as contractors. Well, I kind of give my philosophy on personal training now. I've been a trainer for a long time, and I always found like gyms are always trying to, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, don't mention me. Um, but I always kind of found it was um, 
kind of difficult. Like gyms are always trying to sponge a lot of money off, off of trainers and the trainers doing all the work. That's at least kind of how I felt. And it's like, man, um, huge percentages and that kind of thing. Um, so I kind of wanted to like break that a little bit and make it more of a viable market for the trainers, let the trainers have a lot more freedom and just think of the gym as like the foundation because, um, I don't know. I was, I just hated getting, I always hated paying a huge percentage of the time I'm putting into this and just, you know, the gym as a trainer, I did a lot more. I brought in money for the gym, but I was also doing a lot more for that, more than that for the gym too. So I see that value um, that the trainers can bring just by being in here, promoting us, posting stuff, doing all that stuff on the their marketing and stuff. So, I mean, if the trainers are marketing themselves and the gym, that's basically just like, almost like trade. So the trainers need to make money so they can survive, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, during COVID, I basically was like, look, if you need to, we're all screwed here. So let's just make it easy. I just let people come in here and just do like a temporary, like little rent type situation thing. Um, and uh, ever since that, I was like, you know what? I think I like this better because it's, it's a stable thing for trainers. They don't have to worry about like huge percentages of their money being taken and all that kind of thing. So I just put a cap on the amount I make the trainers pay per month. And I do like a, they pay 25% commission up to a certain amount. And then, then they're done. They don't got to stress over it and worry about like, you know, paying the gym. So if, if it goes less than that, then they can just do a percentage. So it's like, you know, relative if they are short that month or something like that. Um, but for offering some people come in, um, anybody that comes into the gym here, they get a free three visits to the gym before they have to start paying for membership or anything. Um, and then we also offer them a free consultation with any of the trainers and their trainers are happy for that because they can just meet with people. And, um, but my goal is not to make money off the trainers, which again, that's why I kind of, I'm a terrible businessman. Cause you know, I mean, it's, it's your business. You get to do it the way that you want to. So exactly. I'm not here to judge, just here to share. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know it's a lot of like lost income for the gym, but again, that's not my goal. My goal is more, and it, I mean, it, I mean, it, I'm probably, you know, missing out on quite a bit of money doing it that way, but I'd rather it be that than, um, you know, as a trainer myself, I'd rather be that way than, than, um, you know, feeling like I'm ripping people off kind of a thing. So, um, but yeah, we, we I, they, I mean, the trainers kind of do their own marketing. Some of them do online stuff. Some of them have multiple places they train at. Um, and I want them to be able to promote themselves. So we're Grand Rapids city gym and, um, you know, these trainers, I kind of see it as like a citywide thing. You know, they, they may train in multiple places, but we're lucky to have them in here. They promote us. We promote them just a big mutual thing. So, I might have got off the track of the question, but I'm trying That's to all right. That's all right, man. I'm just, just letting you rock with it. So, all right. So that kind of, that gives me an idea of how you run, what your philosophy is with trainers and, yeah. and everybody has a different way to do it. But a lot of it for you is coming from the background as a trainer, you're trying to treat the trainers the way that you wanted to be treated. So as long as you're in a point where you feel like your bills are paid and, and you can generate revenue from other means, that's just not your primary objective right now. So I know you said that the previous owner was pretty heavy into the supplement business, supplement side of things. And it's, it's something that it, it can be lucrative, but also can be a pain in the ass. What side of those things are you on? Are you, are you heavy into it? Are you selling a lot of supplements? I mean, for me, I just kind of do like supplements and stuff like that as an amenity. Like I want to, I'll stock stuff that, uh, you know, people want to buy. Uh, just more of his convenience uh my goal i mean my goal is basically just to have the gym be what a gym needs to be and then supplements is all secondary i mean i mean that, I mean that he's a real cool guy i met him um but he's just he's kind of like a big timer dude you know with the supplement stuff um but uh yeah i mean 
I'm kind of, my, my background is exercise physiology. So, I mean, um, I learned about a lot of those things in school and stuff like that. And it's, you know, a lot of it, um, I mean, every, every industry is trying to make money. I mean, the only supplements I really recommend anybody I train is like, okay, if you want to use a protein supplement, okay, sure. I mean, it's probably, I would say it's better to get anything from like whole food sources and all that kind of fun stuff. So that's kind of what I promote is just eat good quality foods and, you know, provide your body what it needs with that. And then if something's lacking, then you can find out supplements, uh, you know, because I think it's easy to get too focused on the supplements and forget to eat good stuff and eat your veggies and all that fun stuff. So, you know, but um, yeah, so I, I really, I really only try to stock stuff that I would recommend people to eat to or, you know, consume or whatever. Um, so if I don't think a supplement really has any, uh, you know, value or, or it's just, you know, not helpful, then, you know, I probably not really that interested in supplying it. And I'll tell people why, why I supply, what I supply. Um, and uh, I like to have like a little bit of scientific backing behind all the stuff that I'll do or I'll recommend rather than, um, again, I'm a terrible businessman. Obviously I'm probably missing a huge amount of money doing this, but. Well, you know, I think the, it's a double-edged sword, especially if you like to do everything from a scientific background, because you and I may both know, you know, what people need, or maybe there's certain ways to figure out what people need, but you know, that's like you said, statistically, you know, there are a lot of people buying these things. You know, we know like the supplement industry is twice as big as the fitness industry. Like there are people coming to the gym that whether you recommend it or not, if you say, Hey, I don't sell that. They're still going to go to GNC or vitamin shop or, or Amazon and buy that stuff. So it's like, well, if they're going to buy it anyway, should I be the one that they're buying it from? Because at least then I know they're buying something that I could kind of, I could support. So it's really, it's one of those things that there's a delicate balance of how do I do this? How do I not feel salesy about it? Yeah. But if people want to buy it, and I'm here, then, you know, am I doing them a disservice or where does it come into? And it's, again, it's, it comes down to how you feel philosophically, you know, if, if everything um, just revolves around the dollar, then you start to lose yourself quickly. But if you find like, Hey, you know what, you know, I see 50% of my members coming in with a gym bag and they have three shaker bottles. It's like, uh, well, you know, maybe I could make a little bit more money and maybe buy some more cool stuff for the gym. But you know, you're, you're early on into the phases of ownership too. So I think you have plenty of time to, all right, I tried this. I didn't like it. I tried this. I liked it. So you can kind of pick and choose as you go. So you're in a good position there. So what about, um, other aspects of the facility training, um, other additional services? Is there anything else that you offer that we haven't talked about or that you want to? Um, I mean, we have all the basics. We have personal training. We have, we have a couple of group fitness classes and stuff too. Um, and I run that kind of similar like I would to personal training where I try to make it as, you know, viable a place for the trainers as possible. Um, uh, oh, another interesting thing I just did recently is uh, I put in, uh, we have a, like a little studio space. It's actually really cool. Um, but I put in four poles, like uh, pole fitness stuff. And uh, uh, so there's kind of a reason for that too. My wife, she's always loved doing that and was pretty interested in that whole thing. And uh, we have a really good friend who is an instructor. So we are like, oh, we can try that and see that. And I, there are a lot of people asking about that and just like, hey, have you ever heard of this? You've done that. So we did that as an additional thing. So that's kind of a unique kind of group fitness thing, group fitness slash kind of personal training thing we do. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much we're not doing do anything too crazy down here, really. Just mainly just gym in it. And, Come in and work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... 
trying to think there's anything else we were to do. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm weird. I'm kind of, I like, I like doing the collabby stuff. Like if we have like, like I got some friends or members or whatever that are like, you know, they have like some clothing stuff. I want to be able to bring that in and let them kind of sell stuff out of the gym a little bit and kind of help promote them and stuff. I don't know. I just, I just love like the co-promotional stuff. I think it's just fun to like team up with all the other fitness people and make it a little, little community. Using the gym as a platform to not just help people get their fitness on, but also maybe share with other business owners, different entrepreneurs, people yeah. that are your friends, who, whomever in the community. So that's cool. So I guess uh, as we start to run low on time here, Jeff, uh, one of my favorite questions to ask, especially for somebody who's, who's fairly new, um, you know, and probably with the pandemic and everything might feel like it's been an eternity, but uh, yeah. it's only been a couple of years. Um, what do you see for a long-term goal four, five, six years down the road? Uh, what do you see Grand Rapids City Gym being? Is it is it going to be your only location? Do you think you might want to branch out? Like, what's the what's the big dream for you? Where where are things going? If you could wave a magic wand. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, I just want to have all the right toys down here that we're going to be able to use equipment wise. Um, I don't know if I'll expand out and do more stuff. I mean, maybe we could do like some remote locations. I mean, because like you said too, the more the more you have, the more you can reach people and help people. I think. Maybe if, if it's uh, if it's feasible and there's good space, I might I might do like a, you know, Grand Rapids City Gym little satellites around around the area kind of thing. Um, but you know that's way down the road. I don't know. Um, as long as it's like a worthy thing, you know, worthwhile thing to do. Um, but uh, I mean, I kind of like I kind of like focusing my attention on just this one spot. Like I'm here all the time, uh, and that was one thing I always liked about. Um, I was talking about the guy that I'm Mark and Mark up in uh, Petoskey, his gym. Um, I always like that, you know, he, every time, every time you go in there, he's just in there, you know, he's always willing to kind of help you out with your lift or whatever, and, you know, show you something new or just chat with you about whatever. And, um, I think my goal is kind of to just have the same thing where you know, members can come in here if they ever need help with whatever they need a spot, they need, they think they're doing something weird when they're squatting. I can look at their technique, make sure it's good. Um, that kind of thing. So I kind of like to be involved and make sure that everybody's good here and, um, I feel like if I started doing that, I mean, I could find good people too, I'm sure. And yeah, like you said, I am kind of newer. I'm only, this is only our third year operating. So, um, and I've never done business before this anyways, but, um, <laughs> I say this kind of, part's so good, man. yeah, from kind of a, yeah, like I said, I'm kind of from a naive standpoint here, but, um, I just want to make this one as good as possible. And then if we have space to grow, maybe we'll do that. Uh, if not, and I just focus here and make this better and better and better even beyond, then, uh, that'd be good too. So. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, let's kind of keep adapting, I guess. Kind of got to roll punches with it. That's cool. That's cool, man. So we are just about out of time. I'm one last question for you. It's been, it's been about three years and, and I'm going to take away the easy answer because no one could predict the pandemic. Yeah. If you think that you could tell yourself one thing or one thing that you could have known when you started off that would have set you up to be to be even better than you're doing now, what do you think that would be? Well, that is a good that is a good question. Oh man, I think. Oh, it's weird because it, it's funny. You look retrospectively, you see all these stupid things you did. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that or whatever. And it's like, I think. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if I got a great answer to that, but I think. That's all right. Just. And it might be because I wasn't a business guy going into the whole thing. It's just, you start to see like, you know, um, okay, like how do I, 
you know, like, what am I writing off? What am I not, you know, how do I do the tax thing as a whole thing? You know, how do you send that all in? Um, I don't know. I think maybe just uh, maybe if you would have hooked up, you knew about the gym side of things. So maybe if somebody that was in yeah. the business, if they would have been able to tell you, give you a little bit more of like, Hey, this is the business stuff that you need to know right away. Yeah. That would have been the most helpful. I got you. I got you. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. You put that answer better. Yeah. I think that's, I've done this a few times. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, uh, I'm guessing too, like you got like, I'm sure there's like the two sides of like gym ownership. You got the guys who are like gym guys who want to own a gym and then you got the business guys who, you know, think gym is a good way to go too. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you got the business guys or you got the, I'm not definitely not the business guy. So I definitely learned a lot of things, uh, but there was a guy who's a, uh, he's like a developer. He told me this one time. Um, this is one thing that ever, uh, whenever I make a stupid mistake and I'm like, Oh, that was a waste of like however much money. He always said, Oh, just growing pains. And that little, it's funny, as little as that is, I was like, man, that really, that really makes you feel better about when you make mistakes is reminds you because he would say, I'm just growing pains. Like, okay, that's what everybody in the business world does. They make mistakes and cost you money, but you just kind of bounce back and keep rolling and you learn from it. So I think I've, I've learned a lot within these three years, so much more than I even could have imagined really. And, and it's funny now, even just going this, like I go into like a restaurant and it's like, I'm way more forgiving on things, business aspects. And it's like, oh my gosh, I, it's like you feel the, you feel the, the grind of it more and I don't think I realized, I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but I didn't realize there's, there's a lot of grinding and there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress, mostly tied to like the financials and stuff like that. And like, you know, and um, I think in the beginning too, when I was like, oh my gosh, this is costing so much, you almost face like some imposter syndrome and like, you think it's like, natural though. That's common. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we're, super critical of ourselves and I was I was very critical of everything I was doing too and just like oh that was such a bad mistake and I think one thing I've learned is not to dwell on mistakes you make just move forward and be like well that was a mistake growing pains move on so absolutely don't be too hard on yourself is another good lesson all right so we are nearing just about the end of our time here Jeff last thing before I let you go here where can people find you do you have social media for the gym, what's the website? Give us all that stuff. Yeah, it's just Grand Rapids City Gym. Uh, so just www.grandrapidscitygym.com. Um, the uh, Instagram is just, yeah, Grand Rapids City Gym, everything, so. Easy, nope. <laughs> simple, nobody, yeah. nobody swooped that one up for you. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure today, sir. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. That's been fun. You are very welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, hit the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Julian Williams. Julian, how's it going, buddy? 
It's good. How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, buddy, for sure. So let's go ahead and kind of get right into it. So uh, what is the name of your facility? Um, where are you guys located? And what is your position there? So we're the Retro Fitness of Bordentown, and we're located in Bordentown, New Jersey, and I'm the general manager. Okay. Awesome, man. So how long... Um, so kind of tell me, so what's, what's the journey that, that got you to the general manager of the facility? Well, it's, it's actually a good story because I started working out there when I was young in high school. Okay. And I was, I was really, I was a 280 pounds at 16. I really wanted to make a change. So I started coming here, kept grinding, kept grinding, ended up getting a, a job here, just being around the counter, being around all the members and the staff. And then just, I continued to kept working hard and making sure my numbers were good. To where the position opened up and I was able to acquire it. Awesome, man. So is that um, so is that what you wanted to do? Like, like when you first started working out there, did you know that um, that you wanted to be in the industry, or did it just kind of happen? When I first started, I just wanted to be can make a change. I just yeah. wanted to improve. And now that I'm in the industry, I just I love the gym. I love the atmosphere. It's one of those places where people go where everyone's positive. No one comes to the gym because they have to. They come to the gym because they want to. Good. And that kind of environment is something I could always be a part of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, so tell me a little bit about the gym. So what is, um, like, I'm familiar with retro fitness. Now, this location I'm not that familiar with. So what is the, um, the square footage and, like, what services do you guys offer there? So right now we're approximately 25,000 square feet. We okay. have group classes. We have tanning. We have individual training as well as access to the regular facilities just pretty much just weights and all the kind of bells and whistles okay awesome man so as far as um so you have group you have tanning now we we talked a little bit before now you guys do offer personal training correct and you're trying to grow that department right now right yes okay all right awesome so uh basically like let's say like what is like the the client journey or member journey when they when you join like let's say that I walked in the gym and you know I I wanted to join or I wanted more information so what would the next steps be for me so the next steps after you came into the facility we obviously introduce myself they hi I'm Julian how you doing today learn who you are biggest thing is knowing who you are because I need to know what you want in order to provide it for you okay so after I get kind of a good basic information of who you are, where you're from, what are your goals, what are you trying to do, as what does your fitness journey entail, show you around the facility and kind of tailor your experience to what you want to do. Right. So let's say like you're a big lifter guy. You like you look like you lifted a lot of weight over there. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna take you to our dumbbells. I'm gonna take you to our free weights. I'm gonna take you to our our leg room. We got power racks, squat racks. I'm gonna take you to stuff that interests you and excites you. Rather than showing you things that you might necessarily be excited about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And for like, is that pretty much the, the demographic you guys have? Is it like, is it all lifters and bodybuilders or is there like some general population people that come in too? There definitely is some general population people for sure. But I, at least from what I've noticed during the pandemic, the demographic age range especially has shifted from those 35, 40 people like that gen population has been shifting more away from the gym due to COVID and people being worried about being safe and sick. Right. I've noticed 
a lot of younger people coming to the gym, a lot of 16, 17, 18, just all coming, starting their fitness journey earlier than most people would have. Mm-hmm. That's definitely for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and, and that's pretty cool that, you know, the, the young crowd is, is getting more involved. I mean, especially, well, I mean, especially for you, because that's how you got started in it, right? Like, exactly. You know, so, I mean, it, it's something that kind of, uh, I feel like you could probably relate to those people, you know, a lot better and, and maybe help them out a little bit more because you were there yourself. Yeah. And that's the really good part is that I like to have a more hands-on approach with everyone that comes to the door. I like to know everyone's names, everyone's like what they're about, what they want to do. And it lets me better utilize the fact that I can relate to them and understand what they want. I can better utilize giving them what they need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good point right there. So like, as far as um, like your group training and stuff like that. So is that something when, when people come in, let's say that want to do group training or you think might be a good fit, do you guys, uh, do they get a free class or anything, or do you just kind of show them the program or how does that work? So if they want to, if they're interested in the, in the classes, our membership options include classes, like our best value would have the classes already entailed with it. Okay. Let's say that you came in, you weren't sure if you really liked the classes. I like to let people try the classes out, let them see if they like it because our instructors, some of them are also trainers. Okay. So they're able to train. So one of my bootcamp instructors is are usually our personal trainer for the facility. So when he's able to grab those people and show them that they can have a good workout, it can translate into PT revenue. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And as far as like the, the PT, do you, is there any, anything in place like where people can get an assessment or, you know, try out a training session or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So we do fitness assessments for everyone that comes in the facility. Okay. We let them sit one with the trainer. If someone's on the fence, we like to try to engage with them and then say, hey, this first session will be on us, see how the training session goes, and then we can extend doing training from that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So everyone that comes in, so everyone has the option to do it. Um, do, you, do you feel like most people do it or is it kind of eh on, on some people? The thing is that have scheduled a appointment with someone who's not really sure and not really confident in their ability yet is always hard because yeah. – They'll, they'll, they'll think they're about it. I like to almost just ask them when they're going to do it rather than if they want to do it. Because when you give them the option of if, they start to doubt their ability to even do it. Right, right. So I like to say, hey, when do you want to do your fitness assessment with so-and-so? Yeah. Rather than going, if you want it, because they do want it. If they're coming to the gym and they're new, everyone needs someone to show them what to do. Yeah. Because if you're not familiar with the fitness industry and not familiar with working out, the worst thing you can do is have improper form and have bad mobility and having that fitness assessment, having a trainer, if you need it in terms of long-term goals is really important. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Now out of the people that let's say the people that, that say they do it or the people that schedule uh, one thing I've I've saw at my gym in the past is a lot of people might schedule, but you know, having them show up is, is kind of different sometimes. So yeah, is, is that something you guys have, uh, ran into as well yeah it's no matter how many we could set 15 and maybe a little bit less than half might show up maybe a little more depending on yeah if it's around that magical time of the year where people are trying to make that real big push like around january it's one of those things where like you can schedule an appointment but once that appointment dawns on them either they reschedule or they don't show up at all and it's just yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's true. And that that's one of those things that goes back to, uh, you know, once, you know, they might schedule it, but I think they might go home and, you know, start to overthink it a little bit. Right. And then they're just kind of like, ah, eh, maybe not, you know, no show reschedule. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And, and that's funny because it's, it's like that everywhere. Cause I'm, I have a gym in Tennessee and, you know, you guys are in New Jersey, but it's like people, people seem to be the same everywhere, you know, as far as that goes. So that's, uh, it's definitely interesting that, that that's how it is, you know? Yeah. And we like to have our, our trainers also interact on the floor and meet people when they come into the facility because yeah. having people there, having the trainers in the facility, I feel is really important because people, if they hear a name, that's something they have a schedule appointment, but if you can build that rapport with them, as soon as they walk in the door and have yeah. them show them around, have them show them the class, have them do that. I think that's really important in building that commitment to that actual schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is, you know, because at that point, you know, once they, they know the person, you know, it, it kind of becomes a thing like, you know, they'll, they'll feel bad if they cancel. Right. You know, exactly, like, yeah. and, and also it holds them accountable too, because they know somebody's there waiting on them, you know? So if there's something that, um, you know, gets people in the door, that's one thing is, you know, the accountability factor, you know, absolutely hands down. Yeah, definitely. Now, when it comes to um, getting, getting more people in the door, so what is like, what's the active strategy right now that you guys use like to, to get new people? So we do marketing, we do marketing through YouTube, through, we have targeted ads to people who are looking at certain things. So let's say you look at fitness videos in our region, mm-hmm. you'll get a targeted ad coming to our, our location. Okay. We give people free, free guest passes. I, we've done some commercials here with some testimonials with members. That's that's all available on YouTube if so on anyone wants to look that up. Okay. All right. And that's we like to have that that kind of archive of stuff. The big thing with our location is that our location doesn't have foot traffic because it, does. it doesn't. Oh, it does not. Okay. So and that's another thing we have to tackle is that our location's on a on a highway. Yeah. So if you're walking down the highway, it's usually not to go look at gyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the biggest thing is that, and I like to encourage this with, with having people walk through the door, is that as soon as someone walks through the door at our facility, they've already engaged and said, hey, I want to join the gym. It's almost, if they don't, if they walk out of the facility without a membership, it's a surprise yeah. because they've made, the, they've made the effort to drive there. They're not walking down the street and say, oh, I've been around here. Yeah. They have made the effort. Therefore, unless there's a, re- a reasonable objection where there's something that we know we cannot provide with them any capacity, mm-hmm. then they should be signing up at our facility. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, like you said, they've, ta- they've taken the time, they've researched where you guys are at, they've got in their car, they drove there, you know, they, they walked in the place, you know, that's another big thing just to get out of your car and walk in. So it wasn't like a sporadic thing to get them through your door. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And that, that's good to know, too, because, you know, I, I think it builds a lot of confidence, you know, with the sales staff, too. Like when a new person comes in, like they're almost, you know, they're almost certain that they're going to close the people. Exactly. You know, like you said, unless they want something like uh, you guys don't have a pool, do you? Yeah. So they want a pool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I understand. You can't. I, I've had some really weird, specific people, specific requests. Yeah. I had one person come in and our, our weights are go out in five pound increments, right? Like our free weights. Yeah. And 
the, the woman was concerned that they didn't go in two and a half pound increments. And that was something that was her sticking point. Yeah. I was able to close it, but like, that's something that's one of those things where that's an objection that's kind of hard to tackle. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, the, the two and a half thing that's like, we have, we have two sets of dumbbells. Um, the, the first set goes from five to a hundred and two and a half pound increments. And you know, that, that's one thing we did it, but I mean, it, I probably, it, I think it was just a lot of wasted money. Honestly, those, those yeah. half increments. Um, yeah, but the ones in the back we have go from five to 200 and, um, you know, I think that was, I mean, I could have got a lot more if I just went five to a hundred without doing the, the half pound increments, you know, but I mean, you know, hindsight's 2020, you know, of course, yeah. maybe somebody joined my gym for the half pounds. I don't know. You know, maybe golds didn't have half pounds. I mean, who knows now when it comes to the tanning? Um, so how does that work out? Is that included or is that an add on that they do for the memberships? So with our membership, it is included. Okay. And so they do a standing. They just have to obviously New Jersey, especially is very strenuous with our paperwork for tanning, especially. So we need like certain documentation. We need like a copy of license, things like that pertaining to the state. Yeah. So there's like queue. They have a sign in sheet. So people can't tan more than once a day. Just very, very rigid in terms of structure. But if you have it in your, if you have it in your membership option, that's the option you have. Mm-hmm. You're able to tan every day for as long as you need to. It's like an eight minute increments of maximum amount of time. No which is more than enough for a tanning bed, our strength. Yeah. So it lets people, I have a couple people that are comp, that are, that are training for competitions. I have a guy who's one show away from his pro card and obviously the tanning is something you utilize a lot of facility. Yeah, for sure. Now, how many, uh, how many membership options do you guys have? So we have three membership options. Okay. Realistically, and the way that I like to explain it is that we have three membership options, but our membership options are structured through like we have a corporate set of options for memberships. Right. We can play around with some stuff, but they don't give us that much autonomy in that aspect. Okay. But I like to tell the sales staff is that there's one option that makes sense and there's the rest of the options don't. Yeah. So I tell them. And the thing is, one of the hardest things for some for new salesmen is to go i'm selling this but i'm not confident in my product right and i just every time i have a new staff member or sales staff i sit them down and go look at these options tell me which one makes the most sense yeah and every option is that third is that ultimate option is what they call it yeah and it logically makes the most sense so why would anyone buy anything else yeah yeah exactly yeah so that one's going to be your all-inclusive option then right the the ultimate okay yeah that makes sense (laughs) Now, are you guys 24-7 also? No. No? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and some places, like, especially that size, like a lot of, you know, it just, I mean, it, it's kind of a risk. Like, we're 24-7, but, you know, we also, we're more of like a, a semi-private type gym. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have a membership cap, so we, we definitely don't have, you know, our members are sitting around 800 at, but we don't do, um you know, I mean, you guys are over 2000. So, I mean, I could see how yeah. that would be a problem. It's you know? just, and we've, and we've done some metrics where we've, we've changed the hours due to COVID, COVID constraints. Yeah. We used to say open until 11 o'clock. We start closing at nine now. Yeah. And we did, we did metric analysts, uh, analytics to figure out how many people were coming in from nine o'clock to 11. Mm-hmm. And over a year, we had maybe a hundred maximum. Yeah. It just yeah. didn't make, it didn't make sense. Yeah. So 
going past like mid 24 hours just wouldn't make sense at least in our location yeah yeah that's true and and that's one thing like i think like we've done that before too where you know with covid we obviously weren't 24 7 for a while you know and we were trying to figure out when to close well you know until you actually run the data and see what's going on you may think there's a lot of people that are coming at that time you know like it may be yeah, exactly. you know we've had a few people that were like hey like this is when I come, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like if you don't actually look at the numbers in your head, you start creating this like, damn, there's probably like 50 people a night that comes at this time. But really it's like two or three, you know, exactly. and most of them can go at another time too. Yeah, people like the Some people have, like to work out at night and I understand that. Yeah. And it's like data is super important when it comes to like, especially the hours. Like there's some anecdotal stuff that can be important, like what people want in terms of like POS items and like things people want at the facility. Yeah. But until you look at the hard numbers, especially for like opening times. Yeah. Because you see the same people every day because the regulars are the regulars. Yeah, yeah. They always want to come in at 10 o'clock, but they're the only ones that are coming in at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense, dude. Yeah, for sure. So um, one thing I, I, I like to ask people, so, and how long have you been general manager now? Has it been like a year or two or? It's been a little bit over a year, yeah. Okay. So knowing what you know now, um, after being in the, in the GM role for a while, what is some advice that you would give yourself like when you first took over that role? I think that the biggest thing is, the most important thing that you can have is a solid staff. Yeah. And I think that people like to think, cause like, you run the position, you run the facility, you know the information, you understand like demographics, you the information. But when you're not there, that is when it's the most crucial to have a good staff. You support your staff. And that's the big thing that I think that makes, breaks a gym is the quality yeah. of staff. Because yeah. if you go to a facility and you walk in and the staff is not attentive, they're rude, they don't say anything to you, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth no matter where you go. Yeah. And having that quality staff lets you not only retain members, but gain members. And it's yeah. one of our, one of, it's actually kind of interesting because I had, I went to another facility just to see what they were doing in terms of, you know, mm -hmm. seeing how the facility was. Yeah. And I was talking to one of their sales staff and he was trying to convince another one of another member to join another member of my facility to join his facility. Yeah. And he didn't know I was there. So I kept, I turned around. And his number one reason why he wanted to stay at our facility was the staff. Yeah. And that's yeah. just, that's so important. It is. It is. Yeah. That, that's a good point, man, because you can't have, and, and especially like it starts from the top, right? So, you know, for the owner to actually get out of the business, they have to have a good, you know, GM to run the business when they're not there, you know, because there's in my, there's no point owning a business if you're married to it. Like if you have to be there, because exactly. then you're just a, you're just an employee of your of yourself, yeah. Right? So and that's how it is here. Like now, I get to do podcasts all day. I have a manager that runs the gym, and everything's cool. But I can see like, and then it kind of goes down, you know, to your level as a GM. Obviously, you can't be there twenty four seven either. Yeah. So you have to make sure that your policies and procedures are in place, right? So the so the staff carries on basically without you there too, and you're yeah. just kind of supervising that. Yeah. Yeah, because the product needs to be the same whether you're in the building or not. Exactly. And I, I understand, like, there's, depending on where you are, like, there's no job that has ever been 
in creation where once the boss leaves, it's completely sterling 100%. That's uh, just, it's not realistic because it's not fair for me to say that every employee is going to have the same level of effort as I will. Mm -hmm. Because first off, our pay is different. Yeah. Like, everyone's worked a minimum wage job as a kid. Everyone's worked a job in general. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know, when the boss goes away, it gets a little bit lax. But those core principles and that quality is that what needs to remain. I'm only as, as a GM, I'm only as good as my worst staff, my staff member. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if they're the weakest link and that's my responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's always your fault. Exactly. Uh, no matter what. And I, yeah, it's good that you accept that because I think um, until you accept that, until, I mean, not you, but anyone, you know, then you're basically, I mean, everything, nothing can be changed if you don't accept responsibility for it. Like um, you're, you're not taking over. Like you can't, you can't make the changes. You're giving power to something else. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, man, that's a really good point. So we are, we're running out of time on the actual podcast here. So um, I always ask people at the end and for our audience, this, this might be a, a redundant question, but it's new for you. So in a year from now, like what does growth look like for you guys? Like, where do you want to be at in a year? And so in a year, I think right now I want a co-current membership about maybe 2,600 plus. Okay. I want to grow the business. I want our revenue to be doing well. I, I just want this gym to be filled people making positive changes in their life. Yeah, yeah. And to me, sure. that's the most crucial part because at this point, I'm a walking testimony of our facility's ability. Yeah. So it's like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And yeah. I want that to be the message that I give to everyone when they walk in our facility. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, good point right there. And uh, Julian, man, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, enjoyed you uh, coming on, had some good conversation, and I, I hope it was uh, enjoyable for you too. It was. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast and you want to hear more, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are out. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to gym owners, fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, Stephen Jordan from F45 Jollyville, Texas. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good, Dominic. Awesome. I'm excited to have you guys here. Let's just dive into it. Tell us about your location that you're in right now, F45 Jollyville, its unique personality, what you're all about. 
Yeah. Uh, so up here in Jollyville, we're North Austin, right below Cedar Park. Um, pretty, pretty central here north on the west side. A uh, bunch of fitness brands around us, so we definitely have that competition. But Jollyville is unique in the in the sense that our community is uh, one of the most loving and caring communities I've actually been a part of. And I've been a part of a lot of gyms and started a lot of gyms. And this is probably the most unique one. Um, we have a strong culture here and the community is so strong. It doesn't matter how old you are, um, how young you are. People are each other's family. People are each other's friends. We have people that just got married that met here at F45 Jollyville. Um, so that says a lot in the, the community events that we, we throw and host, um, just brings people together in a different light, especially coming out of COVID. We've been able to uh, throw together a few community events outside the studio, um, even inside the studio, uh, such as like a neon party or an outing, such as a, a no happy shower, uh, a happy hour uh, outside of the studio. So um, those things just build community and connections with our members. And like I said, we get everyone up to the age of 65 down to the age of 18. Um, and you'll see them in a quarter talking to each other like they're best friends or family. Um, they stay five, 10 minutes after class chatting together. And then all the coaches hang out. We take classes, three to four classes a week in our community. And that also builds onto that. Um, so I'd say we're one of the most unique studios here in the Austin area, even in the Texas area, just because of our community. Awesome. You guys, uh, you seem to have that, that nail down, that identity, knowing exactly it's, it's not about, but some people will want to talk about the type of workouts you do or the, the, the timing or anything like that. But that's why I love to let it be in your own words, because it's just for you, it's all about this sticky community, this culture of like-minded people who just have a vehicle of F45 to get where they want to go. But it's, it's almost secondary to what brings them in, what makes them stay. And you really feel that it has a lot to do with, you know, the people that come and take these classes, but the coaches also bring these people together. Um, I I'd say I'd had, had, had a lot to do with, uh, you know, scaling that energy here and bringing those vibes. And, and again, people have a, a like-minded mindset when they come in, they're all trying to reach similar goals. Um, doesn't matter what body shape, doesn't matter if they're an athlete or they haven't been in a gym in 30 years. They just want to come together and speak more uh, than just fitness, speak about their lives, their history, their where they work, um, their relationships. So I, I speak a lot about the community here because, again, it's I think it sets it aside from other communities, other F45s and, and, and gyms. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about how the two of you came together, how this business relationship came to be. This, the studio, it opened in 2018. It grew to whatever degree it did. COVID, you know, it, it was a thing. We can't ignore it. There's been a pandemic. Everybody noticed. To whatever brought that opportunity to be, we get an ownership change. Give us the story of how you guys were, were brought together and what it looked like, what the yin and yang is, how the relationship works, and, um, and how the things run. So when I initially took over this studio from a previous owner, um, I ran into one of our trainers, Nikki, and come to find out she was engaged to Jordan. And Jordan and I had worked previously together at a large corporation um, about, what, 10 years ago? 
It was a while. It's been a while. So we haven't seen each other in a very long time. Um, mm -hmm. Took over the studio in August, and by December, we were looking to do some changes as far as operation systems and sales goes and trying to put some new people in place for management. Um, I live personally in the Woodlands, Texas, so I'm not in the Austin area. Um, so it was a transition for us to try and find somebody that I knew I could trust the studio with, somebody I knew that would take care of it like it was their own. Um, and then we just reconnected and started talking. Um, one thing led to another, and by February or March of 2021, Jordan was the studio manager. Uh, we rebuilt the studio from 90 members when we took it over all the way up to 300 now. So it was definitely um, well worth it when it comes to the community and culture because it brought everybody back together. Everybody had left because of COVID, um, and then we did a good job of getting everybody back in and feeling like they could be a part of something. Yeah, when bounce off that, I you know we we worked together in the past, and I enjoyed my time, even though it was you know not a long time that we worked together. But in that short period, you know I, I saw value in what he did, what he brought to the lifetime. Um, and when he left, I I heard that he branched off to F forty five, always you know pinged in the back of my head. But after lifetime, I went to U of H full time for pursuing nutrition while working for Orange Theory. Um, also running an independent business out of several different gyms I paid rent for in the Houston area, and then went on to Snap Fitness again, doing the same thing, uh, eventually moving out here to Austin um, to uh, be a part of F45. That was the whole goal, and me and my wife working together. Uh, so I, I was the regional head trainer for three of the studios here in Austin, um, then went to Raw Fitness, and. With my time at Raw, in the back of my head, I knew there was always something, you know, missing. Um, and F45 really brought something different to my heart, to the passion that drove me into the studio every day. So uh, when Steven reached out, you know, it was always in the back of my mind too, because Nikki, Nikki told me that Steven bought the studio. And, uh, you know, I was so committed. And when I get to commit it to somebody, I really, really, you know, take it all the way. So it, it was just unsure if I was going to go back to F45 and then, you know, having a conversation with him, uh, with other mentors and kind of seeing what my long-term plan was, whether it's two years, five years down the road. Uh, and I was like, I took a trip to Breckenridge and I was trying to get my mind right. And finally, finally I was like, uh, when I got back, I was like, let's go, let's do it. Um, and it was a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, just with headquarters moving here from LA, uh, the possibilities and the doors that would open, um, it, it wasn't too much of a risk for me. I, I knew that I'd come in here and, and we, we just hit the ground running. And we did, we did exactly that. I think we put on like 40 members in our first month here. And I was like, let's, let's go. And you could tell that there was a void missing uh, in that year uh, and with social media, with you know, the energy and coming here is just, and, and teaming up with Steven just repaired all of that and it, and brought even more to the table. We, we have, a, it's almost like a different demographic is here as well. So um, it's just awesome being part of this team and then reconnecting with him, seeing that light. Uh, and now me going into ownership of two studios here in Austin. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. So Awesome story. You, it sounds like you guys really like figured out that there was going to be a lot of, of playing off each other's strengths and where you're going. So what did it look like? You said the studio is down to, to 90 clients, right? You, you said you hopped in and 
you know, added probably 40 plus clients right away. Like, how did you get that initial surge back? And what has the growth been like, you know, getting it back up to that 300? Like, what have you done, right? Everybody always wants to know, how do you get people in the door? What are you doing to get members? What's worked for you? Well, I, th I think the biggest thing for him when he bought the studio for the first seven months till I came in, you know, obviously we still had COVID going on. We had the mask policies, the cleaning policies, and that takes a lot of, you know, people out in the first place. And then the worry of even getting COVID, the fear, you know, the mainstream media, all of that created, you know, some hesitation of even walking into a social place like a gym. Um, but he did his best and really well at retaining the members that we could have um through you know our live workouts and coming into the studio even with limited coaches and capacity um and i think the biggest thing that happened was in march uh all the restrictions came came out of texas and which allowed a lot of people to get into uh back into fitness or feel more comfortable not having to wear a mask doing high intensity global training workouts um and our leads quadrupled it was Come March, I think I think just unlocking Texas was a was a big key factor too. Well, when we originally took over the, the studio in September, one of our key components was to reconnect with everybody um, that was previously a member at F45 Jollyville, which was a good bit at that time. Um, like Jordan said, with COVID, everybody was still kind of weary. So the conversations are more of, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Just wanted to reach out and check in on you, see how things are going. We're here if you need anything. And those conversations between September, October, and November happen in 50 to 100 times a week. And then it came to fruition in February and March when everybody felt a little more comfortable. We were already in the back of their head of, hey, we need to go check out this place. There's a new owner. He's been calling once a month to check in, see how we're doing. And so that's kind of how the conversations went six months prior to Jordan getting here. Um, and so we worked that pretty consistently uh, and then just reached out and tried to do whatever we could to help anybody get back on track from COVID because as you can imagine, everybody sat at home and put on 15, 20 pounds. So they're calling and going, hey, we got to take it off now. It's time to come back to the studio. You know, who, who can I come see? Well, Steven's been calling us for two or three months. Let's go check F45 Jollyville out. And then they've got a happy face, like our head trainer, Nikki. They've got Jordan, who's excited to see everybody that walks to the door and knows everybody by name. It was a very warm, heartfelt, um, I guess I would call it like a, uh, you reunited it with everybody. Reunion, yeah, yeah. reunion. Like, everybody was happy that it was over and they come back and they see full classes. It was like 2019 Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. So you, you really did it. You kept it grassroots. You stayed in touch with the people who who did want to still continue to come, but were just waiting to, to feel safe or to be reopened. So you kept people engaged in a genuine way. So that got everybody who was ready to come back when it's time to open, they all get to come back. Now, um, you also mentioned, you know, your leads, like your lead flow, the, the people that you have coming in once it's reopened. When you say that, what do you mean? Are you guys get generating most of your interest? Is it coming through your website? Is it coming from other sources? Like how do you get leads to then convert in, into happy members? Honestly, they, they come from multiple sources, whether it's social media, it's our website, it's referral programs are really big for us. Um, I would say that's something we probably lean on more than anything is utilizing our members that are in the studio that are happy and mm -hmm. a program with two or three members of themselves because like most people want to work out with a buddy and have fun with it. So if we've got somebody that we just signed up, 
we give them the opportunity to bring in what we call three VIP members um, to come test out the studio, work out with them, see how they like it. And that play for us worked really well to leverage our current members versus just relying on social media leads. I think a lot of fitness studios tend to just sit back and hope that Facebook lead comes through every morning when they should be hunting instead of fishing and just throwing a line out there and waiting. So we do a lot of community events, like Jordan said, we went out um, and there was one week we went out and put flyers on everybody's door, knocked on the door, said, hey, how you doing? What are you up to? Are you working out? And just went and connected with everybody out in the community. We reached business to business out here in our shopping center, um, try to get in front of as many people as possible um, because social media leads in, in my personal opinion only go so far. Um, I'd rather hunt than fish. Yeah. So, so three things there, and I want to, I want to really highlight the three of them because I think it, it sounds like you have a good grasp on all of them. So the referral, right? Everybody loves referrals. They love word of mouth. And it's so rare that someone actually has a program or a procedure in place to try to ask for it. Like people want to refer happy people often want to, they just don't know how, uh, you know, not everybody wants to just put, Hey, go to this gym. It's cool. Do you want to come with me? There's nothing, there's nothing tangible there. It's a hard, it's hard to get somebody right to break that inertia of the couch. But like you said, if you, you know, if you have this VIP program, whether it's a physical card or something electronic, you're like, Hey, this is a thing that you can give to somebody. They can feel special. And now that you gave it to them, they, they kind of have to do something with it. Right. Where reciprocal by nature. Someone gives it to you. You're like, ah, shit, you know, like maybe two out of three of those people are probably going to end up in your door. And like you said, once they come in, now you, you have the tools in place to, to show them how awesome it is and get them hooked. So just for having a a system puts you, puts you far ahead in the game because a lot of people don't, and it actually sounds like it's pretty well thought out and then you're executing it, um, you know, on a consistent basis. So you have that, um, a lot of people ask who aren't in the franchise world or the license model world, you know, some of the benefits to it. So as an F45, it's a franchisee, right? It's a franchise, not a license. I don't, I don't ever want to call somebody the wrong thing. Um, as a franchisee, are they providing you with, um, are they doing marketing on your side? Are you getting leads that come in through them for people who are specifically looking for an F45? Yeah, they do corporate marketing um, all across the United States and regionally um, that bring leads into our doors. And like we said, with HQ, F45 moving to Austin from Los Angeles, it's huge, obviously, for the city of Austin uh, mm-hmm. and all F45s in Austin. Um, and I would even say Texas for that most part. So we sell the most franchises in Texas out of all the United States, uh, very fitness-minded state. Obviously, we've got a lot of people moving here from California. Um, so a lot of more fitness-minded people on their way, but we are a franchise and we set ourselves apart from the technology um, and what we have in the rooms when you walk in. So everything's set and ready to go and very systematically simple. That's the best way to probably put that is you walk in, you get it done, you know exactly what you need to do and you get out. Yeah, absolutely. And then for the last thing that you mentioned was social media. And I think it's a it's a two-headed monster and, and sometimes it can be a little bit meek and sometimes it can be great. And I think one of the things you said was, you know, you'd rather hunt than fish. And we, we hear so often from fitness pros, they're like, I make posts on Instagram, I make posts on Facebook and a hundred people like it, but it doesn't translate into anybody coming through the doors. It's just like, 
hey, that's cool. And then they move on. Like I, I know people, and, and I don't know if either one of you guys are like this, they'll, they'll be swiping through their feed and they'll see something like it, but it's just almost a reflex. Like they liked it, but they didn't really care, right? And there's, there's a difference. There's no activation off of that. So, so my question think, to the studio would be if, if they are making posts and they're getting 100 likes, why are you not going back and sending a personal DM or a one-week trial to those 100 people that, that liked your post? <laughs> why are right. you not reaching out like, hey, you like this? Great. Come try it out. Come do it. It's one thing to like it. It's another thing to come try it out. And I'm going to give you an incentive to do it. Along with anybody that follows the account. Yes. Yeah. And there, there is, you know, there's that. And, and a lot of that doesn't exist. Just like there isn't a referral program. It's like, hey, you, you took the first step but let's let's go ahead and do something with it that person engaged with you if you genuinely just care if you think that you can help people and you have a good product you don't have to send someone a message that says hey you liked my post you want to join the gym like hey what did you like what looks cool to you what are you currently doing like if you have a real conversation that you care you can open up that whole world and those people are except for a little bit of your time they're free which is great not a lot of good free stuff comes to, to the fitness business world, it seems. So um, there's that. Then there's the paid side of things. And I've talked to a couple of franchisees and I know there are some, uh, not corporate, but there's, I know there was a company based out of Australia that a lot of franchisees like that, you know, help them out with paid ads or, or there's been some different iterations of that. Where do you guys stand on the side of, of paid advertisement? Because I think there's, there's a lot of money to be made in it, but there's also a lot of money to be wasted if you're not put in the right spot. Yeah, I would agree with you with that. So to kind of give you a little bit of perspective, my Woodland studio that I have, uh, uh, we don't spend any money on marketing, like zero ad spend at all. Um, Jollyville, we've got a budget for ad spend and marketing and it does well. Um, it could always do better, but I think it depends on where you're at organically uh, and what's happening with the other businesses surrounding you. So like my Woodland Studio, we don't spend any money on marketing because we do the referral business so well. We don't have to. And we found anytime we try and do marketing via Facebook or any social media platform, we're getting outbid by people or we're just spending money and it's going nowhere. There's no ROI on it. Where Jollyville, we see a little bit of an ROI and so we do some of it there. Um, I think you have to be careful in how much you spend in marketing because like you said, you can spend a ton of money and get a lot of leads, but they might not be good quality leads. Um, where if I spend the same amount of money going out into the community and sending people out to do booths, we can get a better ROI versus social media paid ads. Yeah, I love the, the looking at it analytically from ROI because whether you like it, don't like it, it's an option. It's a tool that you can have in the tool belt and for me, you know, I don't like to make any hard and fast rules, but in collecting all this data and all the conversations that we have, I'll generally be telling gym owners like, hey, it's cool if you're doing this, but if you're not getting, you know, three to one, four to one ROI, somewhere in the first, you know, people have trial periods, but somewhere between like day one to day seven of some coming in, um, if you're doing a free trial, if you don't have three or four to one ROI, you're going to back it up look at what you're doing and try to figure out how, because the, the money is still there. And if you're going to, it's a pain in the ass to work with these platforms. So if you're going to put the time in, you got to be getting that ROI, or like you said, you could be putting that time and energy elsewhere. So I've got a good example for you. And I'm going to give you a little nugget 
that we use right after COVID. So I'm actually pretty proud about this one. Um, so after COVID, obviously restrictions are still kind of in place. People aren't really moving around very much, not very much lead flow coming in, uh, as you can imagine, in the fitness industry right after COVID. Yeah. Uh, I think around July or August 2020, um, I was at Starbucks that morning and the line was obviously wrapped around the corner like it is every morning. So I'm like, okay, this is where everybody's at. Everybody's at Starbucks. And so we found out a way to get into the Starbucks. And at 7 a.m., I basically bought everybody's coffee for up to $500. So it was almost 100 people. So for easy math, five bucks, a cup of coffee, yeah. 100 referrals. And each coffee that I bought, we were able to hand it to them at the window and say, hey, this was purchased by F45. Uh, we just hope you have a great day. Also, here's a one-week pass with your coffee. And so they started off their day with a coffee, a one-week pass, and we got over 100 uh, leads for 500 bucks. So if you try and go do that on social media at that time, you might have got five or six. Um, so thinking outside the box and getting into the community to where everybody was at and getting in front of their faces actually paid off a lot better. Yeah, and I like you said where people, you know, get in front of where people are at. and. And I think the phrase I usually will use is you got to go where the eyeballs are, right? Where, wherever some, you figured it out, this is where the people are. How do we, how do we get in front? How do we show people value or give them something and then see what comes of it, right? It's not just where can I go and take, take, take. You have, like you said, you go out in the community, you do stuff, you're giving. And then by virtue of that, people will associate with it. And they're like, oh, these people are coming from a place of giving probably aligns with where I want to be. And that rolls them right into, oh, this is a community. This is a high culture place. So it starts there and the continuity comes once they actually come in the door. So I think just seeing how congruent everything that you're doing so far is, it starts to add up. So I want to bring that to the next step. Whereas you feel like you're not very salesy in your sign-up approach, in the way that you onboard new clients and Sales can be a dirty word a lot of times in fitness and people want to get away from it. I think if you feel like you're truly serving people and providing value, you shouldn't be afraid to ask them to pay you for it. But how do you execute that? What way does, has worked the best for you? Um, like, like, like you said, I mean, it, this product sells itself. Uh, the technology that we provide is a huge extension off the trainers itself. And we hire some of the best trainers and, giving them the best service. It, it's just like, where do I sign? Sometimes I have somebody walk in, not even take a class, just experience the tour and myself and my personality, and they want to sign a membership. Um, they're like, so where do I sign? What can I do? Uh, how do I get set up? Um, if I have somebody on a trial, uh, for example, and they're in their second or third class, as soon as they walk in, you know, it could be a conversation just like, hey, let's go ahead and get you set up today, Dominic. And, and Dominic's gonna be like, okay, that works. We have five minutes before class. Uh, you, already, you already told me you wanted the six month option. And then sometimes from there, I can be like, well, you did tell me your goals are this, the 12 month option is probably gonna be better for you. And we can take care of it right there. Or if we're on the floor stretching after a class, it's a really good time. They just had a great experience and I could lead them into a yes train. Meaning, uh, did you like that class? Did you see the value of having two trainers? Uh, was your heart rate up the whole time? Did you see it come back down using the heart rate monitor system? Anything where I could take them on, you know, a positive feeling of yes, yes, that was great. Yes. 
And then I could be like, well, let's go ahead and, and see what the best option for you is moving forward so we can get you set up and, and, and driving towards your, your, your fitness goals. Um, so I, I just, it's not super salesy at all. It's just having that conversation. Um, again, like you said, if I see the value in this, I believe in it. Um, I have no problem asking for, you know, Hey, what's the, what's the card you want to use? Let's get this started. Um, and when I'm talking prices, after I'm done talking prices, I just shut up. And sometimes it could be an awkward 30 seconds, 60 seconds. And then they say something, I'm like, let's go, let's get, let's get it done. Um, so again, I, I don't find any difficulty in, uh, selling memberships. Perfect. So it's very conversational in the situation, in the moment, but you do make sure that you keep it prescriptive as far as you're not just selling someone a membership. You're telling them as an expert, this is what I think you need to reach your goals. Not going month to month, not going six months. Like, Hey, listen, you know, in not so many words, like, Hey, you want to lose 40 pounds unless we chop your leg off. That's not going to happen in three months. So let's make it a lifestyle. Let's make it something realistic so that you don't get discouraged so that, you know, right. Let's just make steady progress. It's going to take this long. And at that point you position yourself as an expert and they're probably just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And the, the in body is a huge tool for that too. Yeah. Uh, using the in body and their body measurements, setting them up with that consultation, uh, and letting them know where their body fat percentage sits and, uh, how ideal that is for them and where building some goals just based off the numbers they can see on paper. Um, and, and relating that to what membership they can get. If they're trying to just build muscle, somebody's at 9%, they're like, I wanna bulk up. I'm not gonna tell them to come to every single cardio class. I want them to come to all of the resistance training and hit a cardio class so we could still work different muscle fibers and, and train the heart. Um, so it's all, it's all uh, very personal and where we direct their membership towards their goals, and, yeah. I think that's also what makes us kind of unique from the big box corporate guys is, you know, in the past you'd sign up and maybe 30% of the members at that location would come weekly where in the boutique fitness industry, I think 80 to 85% of the members come weekly. Um, it's because they get that more personal feeling. We sit down, we're actually asking, hey, like, hey, what's your issue? You know, everybody says they want to lose 15 pounds, but why? Why do you want to lose 15 pounds? Why now? And then we get into the consultations and really figure out what's driven them into our doors and they have a problem. They want to lose weight and we want to help them fix that problem and have a solution. Um, and we do a pretty good job of keeping on track with everybody and pretty regularly because we do see them on such a regular basis. It's not once a week um, or once every two weeks, it's four times in the week. And hey, how are you doing? How did little Timmy do a baseball? Um, you know, yep. did you reach your goals type stuff? So it's more a personal, like I said, community feeling, which keeps people longer. Our tenure um, is about 18 to 19 months and some other boutiques are around six to nine. So we're about double. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just all with the community again. Uh, the community is, is positive. They're all like-minded coming in here and every trainer knows everybody's name. And if you were to go into a Target or Walmart and three people are like, Dominic, you're back. Can't, how's your family doing? How was Thanksgiving? That's, it, it brings a different community and social aspect to you know this facility. Um, and you want to come back. It's a social place to forget about the 23 hours you have in the rest of your day. And you get to have fun while you're working out. It's, it's great. Yeah. And, and in boutique fitness, especially with you guys, because F45 has, it's got a lot of flash, 
right? There's a lot of really cool looking stuff. There's technology, there's TVs, there's, you know, there's big celebrity ad, there's so much flash. There's so many bells and whistles that you can get lost in it, right? If you don't look at it the right way, I shouldn't say right. If you don't look at it this way, as far as selling to people's goals, helping them figure out why they're really there, it's really easy to get caught up and be like, look at how beautiful our studio is. And look at how nice our equipment is. And here's a heart rate monitor and here's the in-body. And all those things are really cool. And you, you can get people to join on that. But I think flipping it around and like, hey, this is your goal. I can help you here. Here's how we're going to leverage all this cool stuff causes people to stick longer, right? People might sign up on bells and whistles and then get bored or then leave you for the next, whatever the next fad is, you know, they're going to go do ice dancing fitness or, you know, whatever they're going to, whatever the next fad is. And you guys have really like reversed engineered it to, we still, whatever our methodology is, whatever we have, that's almost secondary to we're the experts. We're going to help you get to your goal. This just happens to be a really beautiful, well-equipped place to do it. And I think that can get lost when you have all of the, all of the nice things, all the toys, all of the bells and whistles versus maybe like a bare bones strength and conditioning gym or, or, you know, a, you know, maybe my heart, heart and soul started in a grungy, dirty warehouse CrossFit gym. So you, there are different ways to look at it, but really like you guys have it goals first, people first. And then this just happens to be the, the best place for you to do it. We're going to show you the way. So I like looking at it in that order. And I don't know, maybe you guys can speak to it a little bit if you've ever seen it or had somebody, you know, Steve, maybe somebody that you've had on staff, have you ever had someone get caught up in selling the bells and whistles or in, in losing sight of why, why you want people to really be there? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are programmed that way because like anything in life, you know, it's cool to have the, the bells and whistles. It's cool to have the nicest facility. It's cool to, you know, look great in all the colors and celebrities, but at the end of the day, are you giving your members what they really want, which is results? Um, that's why they're here in the first place. So if we get too stuck on the bells and whistles in the facility, we take a step back and we're like, Hey, we need to ask more questions about the clients and redo our sales process or our fitness consultation. Because if we get somebody results, they're going to stay a lot longer than somebody that doesn't get results. Uh, and it is easy to get caught up in the bells and whistles. So it does happen time to time with some people. And we just have a quick conversation of, Hey, remember, you know, when you turn the conversation back on of why they're here, what their goals are, What's their time frame? What brought them in? Are there any people here that they'd like to work out with or no? If they don't, let's introduce them to some people in the community so they have a connection. Um, we find that when we have new members come in, we try and connect them with um, a member that's been here for a while. Let's try and lead them along the way because it is a little intimidating uh, stepping into a new environment with all the technologies and the bells and the whistles. You know, you're kind of lost at first when you come in. That's why we do the two, two studio tour. Um, and show you around, but then also connect you with somebody in the community to make you feel like you're, you're a part of something. Because uh, when you step in here, you are part of our team. You're a part of our group that's working towards a common goal of being not only more fit, but mentally prepared for the day. If you're coming early in the morning, or if you've had a rough day, you want to come in and this is your stress relief. Um, you've got people behind you to push you and help you reach your goals. Awesome. Awesome. So in the scope of what you all want to do there 
And also I, you know, I know as, as a franchisee, there are some things you're allowed to do. There are some things that, you know, fall into the scope of your agreement. Bread and butter of the facility is your group training, right? That's, that's it. That's what F45 is all about. Clearly you're results-based. You're not, you're not selling bells and whistles. Are there any other aspects um, that you're allowed to slash interested in as far as uh, nutrition coaching, supplements, apparel, I think is something that, that the company gets into. What do those other aspects of the business look like for you? So the biggest thing about this boutique fitness brand is our nutrition and our applications and technology. It sets us aside from every fitness brand. I mean, that, that's why we're leading the way in uh, the, the number one boutique fitness uh, group, group fitness brand here. Um, so we have what's called the F45 Challenge app, and every member has access to it as soon as they become a member, uh, where they can get onto their workouts, whether they're at the, or whether they're in a hotel room in Florida or, you know, or New York, or standing on the beach in, in, in South Africa. So it doesn't matter where they are, they can always get their workouts. Not only that, they plug in their body stats and measurements to come up with uh, a daily diet plan, a nutrition plan that has breakfast, AM snack, lunch, PM snack, and dinner. And every day it's completely different and it's built around them, whether it's mainstream, vegan, or vegetarian. They can pull from over 4,000 recipes in our library, filter them out, whether it takes 20 minutes to make it or 60 minutes to make it, whether they're looking for high protein or low carbs. Um, so they get that daily diet plan and they have help among the other staff and coaches that also do have nutrition certifications or degrees uh, to push them further along their goals because nutrition is a huge part of what we do. Um, and it's great that F45 doesn't limit the trainers or staff on what we can talk about as far as nutrition. And we also do have our own nutrition brand and protein and supplements for F45. Uh, and then, yes, the merch goes along with it. We have a merch store at F45, the wholesale store, selling everything from uh, uh, milestone T-shirts, whether you broke 100 classes or 500 classes, to the outerwear, T-shirts, and shoes. Um, so, yeah, bounce off that. I think what kind of sets us apart, especially, like Jordan said, with the nutrition, the cool thing about the F45 Challenge app is obviously the recipe library, but you have two options there. You can either decide to print the recipe and make it at home yourself, or you can order the meals directly from the challenge app and have them delivered to your house. So most people aren't, aren't prepping uh, like the regular bodybuilder is. You know, you've got your mainstream person that wants to eat healthy all through lunch, okay? So we give you the option to purchase your lunches from F45, or you can take the recipe out and cook it yourself. Um, a lot of members have enjoyed the recipes and have branched out into all kinds of new nutrition uh, recipes that they had never been exposed to before. So having that option to go into the library and have over 4,000 choices every single day um, is definitely a, a big factor for us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a thorough, it's such a comprehensive program. The amount of things that the F45 provides to you as franchise, I mean, there's a reason why you're an owner of multiple franchises, right? You weren't like, oh, this is terrible. I'm not going to buy any more of these. There's there's so much, it's some, you know, the support and the training really comes through with you two guys. And I can really see where it comes off, you know, between the two of you. So, you know, it sounds like you have, you have your F45 brand identity, and then you have your own, you know, in-studio kind of corporate identity as 
as you run things within the limits you have, you have some great foundations. Obviously you're very big on people and having the right match. Um, as things progress for you, what does the future look like for this, this location for, for you as a franchisee, you know, what's, what's the big picture long-term and, and are there any things, any dragons that you have to slay, any things that you have to conquer to keep going with this things? It's, it feels like it's a snowball, just growing momentum here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things where we got into F45, um, I probably researched for six to nine months before we got into the franchise being at a bigger corporate gym, we looked at probably 10 or 12 different brands um, in comparison. Nothing came close to F45 as far as the technology came. Uh, there were no egos, no mirrors. It was really dumbed down, very simple, stupid, which I liked. Um, and I noticed that people like that as well. They want to come in get it done and get out. Um, it's a great brand. We're just getting started. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, That's it. We're just in our infancy stage as we're coming into the U.S. Um, and we're growing exponentially every single day. Um, so as far as this location goes, obviously the dragon that's being slayed with COVID and everything else rebounding from that has been our main priority and getting people back in the studio and hopefully not having that reoccur again. Um, you've got your daily dragons that you know pop up and little things here and there, but I think it's a part of any business. If, if you can't be... Um, problem solver you're going to have a hard time in any business so like i tell my kids don't be a problem teller be a problem solver because um, at the end of the day you need to have that problem solved or come up with a solution very quickly to move forward fantastic as we uh, as we approach the end of our time here together um i'd like to get an answer from both of you from the two different perspectives um you know steven you as as an owner um currently uh, is Jordan, you're on your way to being an owner. Is that the, what it is? Okay. So perfect. This is great. So don't steal each other's answers. That's cheating. So if you could go back and give yourself a, a piece of advice when you were, when you were going through the process, when you're like, all right, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to do this on my, my own. If you could give yourself one piece of advice or a lesson, what would that be? And then Jordan, um, for you about to go into it, what, what would yours be now that you have that opportunity? Like, what's the biggest thing you've learned that's, that you think is going to serve you the best? So if I could go back and tell myself, let's see, back to the beginning when we started at 45. Yeah. Before you wrote that first check, signed up for that first franchise agreement, you know, while, before you, before you were like, all right, I'm in it, I own it. You know, what do you think would have been the most useful thing for you to know? You had to have learned a lot over the, these past several years. Yeah, we have learned a lot of ways to not do things. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But if I go back and tell myself one thing, it was, you know, just don't ever stop. Uh, you know, you're going to have your bad days. Like with COVID, you know, we didn't know if we were going to reopen the doors. Uh, that was, those were real conversations. Uh, that was real life of this might be the it for us. And if I could go back and tell myself is, you know, no matter what's thrown at you, you'll always overcome it if you just keep pushing. Um, and so we've tried to take that mindset ever since COVID happened. Um, and even before COVID, you know, you know, when we opened up the Woodlands in 2017, it was things are gonna be thrown at you every day and tomorrow's a new day and you get up and just take care of business. Got it. All right, you're in the hot seat, Jordan. That was, that was a good one. 
is through this whole, I mean, I've been in the industry now for, for about 10 years and mm -hmm. it, that, that thing gets to you the most. I mean, I think the statistics on your first year in a trainer, it's 80% turnover, right? That being said, you know, 10 years in for both of us, even more for him, it's, um, it's sticking through a lot of the ups and downs doesn't matter how many ups you have there's always a down behind it doesn't matter if it's two steps ahead five steps ahead it's coming and uh taking that problem on head on is important um, just like you said we're looking for problem solvers not problem tellers um and it's to keep pushing uh there's been multiple times throughout my career where i've wanted to stop i've wanted to switch on to something else more you know even though it is a i have that entrepreneurial mindset i want to do other things and within the 168 hours we have in a week, I, I can only do so much or pull from so much. Um, but there's been times I've wanted to uh, go into real estate or go into different sales. Um, but thinking about it and taking a hard look at where I are, how much work I've already put into this fitness, my certifications, the time I've spent at every facility and the people I've surrounded myself with uh, to keep pushing because I have the potential to do something great out of this. And that, that goes for any career I could have chose, just like Steven. We could have hopped in McDonald's as Berber, Berber, Burger Clippers, but four years down the line, we've, we've, we've probably owned five, five McDonald's. Um, and that was just our mindset. And I just wanted to tell myself I could keep going because I believe in myself to own a facility one day. Um, but again, coming coming back in, I, I, I would, I would say it's a huge thing that he said. I mean, just the people that told me to keep going, to keep pushing, um, don't give up. My wife was one of those people. She heard most of my problems and venting to her is like, she's been the biggest uh, part of, you know, why I'm still doing fitness in the first place is, um, no, look what, look what you have done great. Look what all the things you have done, uh, the sales, the relationships, don't put that to waste and keep going. Um, we, we have our rough days, but we have better, we have more better days. Ahead, so. Fantastic. Is she there in the room with you? Yeah, she's, she's, she's over there. <laughs> it stinks that we can't use the video, but I just, I swore that, you know, it's an audio podcast, but I saw you look over and just kind of lit up. And I was like, I was waiting for her to run over and like give you a hug or a high five. But yeah, I mean, we all, whatever the support system is, that's, that's an important thing too. So I thank you guys for both, um, giving me candid and, and great answers that I think are gonna be really valuable. Um, and this this has been a great podcast. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here. Anything else you got for our audience before I let you go today? Go work out. <laughs> there you go. If you're, if you're anywhere in Texas, find one of these guys and work out in F45. I wish I had one near me. You got me all fired up. Where do you live? Uh, in Connecticut, there's uh, there's none on my side of the state yet, but I'm sure it'll happen. Oh, they're coming. Oh yeah, you you guys are uh, you're you're a force, and I love it. So thank you guys so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you, Dominic. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. We thank you for spending part of your day with us. I hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you didn't maybe slap yourself in the head, go back and hit rewind because they were dropping bombs on this thing. So click the subscribe button, get notified when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, 
You don't have to be as badass as these guys, but if you are, that's cool. We want to talk to everybody. We want to know about how you're changing lives in your community. Click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.